This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, everybody? And welcome into episode 32 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson, joined by the one, the only, Ella Djibani. And Ella, wow, um, this weekend was a busy weekend. I know that you were watching a lot of good stuff in terms of soccer, which we'll get to in a minute. I was watching a lot of College World Series baseball with Vanderbilt in there. So I know we were both glued to our television sets, along with the U.S. Open. I forgot about that as well. Yeah, can't forget the U.S. Open. That was a great win by Woodland. Loved Love that. I love what he stands for. I know there's a lot of talk about some causes that he helps outside of the game of golf that everyone can get behind and appreciate. But I was in Columbus this weekend, as you know. It's where our friendships began and obviously where I went to college. And it is my favorite place in the whole world that my sister now gets to live in. So we ate at Eddie George's one night. And of course, in that type of restaurant, there's TVs with games surrounding you. So of course... I love that. And obviously following the World Cup and following the College World Series as well, just like you. That's funny you said Eddie George, because as you know, I was at that press conference where Mm -hmm. his number and Steve McNair's number is going to be retired in the Titans home opener. And it's funny because Eddie is, it's weird because I covered Eddie in Ohio in Columbus and now I cover him here. Because right. so, he's so he's so involved in Nashville's sure. community too, because he's part of the Titans organization for a very long time. So it's really funny. It's like connections just never end when it comes to sports, right? It's the, fun. The world is so small when it comes to sports. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and dive into our three pointers, and I'm going to have you start us off there on a topic that we just kind of were chatting about. Yeah, the Women's World Cup. Kay, it's been off to an exciting start for the U.S. women's national team. They're obviously moving on to the round of 16 after beating Chile 3-0 on Sunday, but they're obviously dominating on the world's biggest stage, but they're also making history in certain categories and breaking records, right? You have Carly Floyd the other night breaking a record, Alex Morgan breaking records, and then it's fun to see some of the players that get their hands on that first ever World Cup goal. Even Julie Ertz, who is no stranger to the Women's World Cup, scored her first World Cup goal ever, which was pretty exciting. But That was an awesome goal. Oh my God, wasn't that sick? Her header was unbelievable. Unbelievable. But their play on the field, of course, has an impact off the field. You know, there's that equal pay discussion and the unnecessary debate over their celebrations. Don't get me on my soapbox about that, but... They're showing just how strong mentally and physically they are and how seriously they take this honor to represent their country. I'm just so excited to continue to follow this team and watch what these women do for themselves, for their team, and obviously, of course, for this country. I think it's interesting because whenever we talk about success and sports, I think the first thing 
we always usually go to is is a men's mm-hmm. sport, right? Absolutely. A men's professional sport is usually what is the, at the top of the list. But when it comes to women's soccer in the United States, it is really something that's hard to beat in terms of the success that mm-hmm. they have had and that they continue to have. And I just give the... I give the United States development in terms yes. of soccer a lot of credit because this isn't something that just popped on the scene. Mm-hmm. This is something that they've gradually grown and it continues to be a consistent force in the world. And we look at the men and not to be so rude, but be rude. It's, a joke. it's a it's a joke. I mean, what is going on with the men is not even close to what the women have have done in the last several years in terms of having success on the field and having success and the world's biggest stage, which is the world cup. And so when it comes to the equal pay discussion and that type of stuff, this is the thing you look at and you're like, these women deserve, if not more equal pay to the men who play this game, because they are continuing to have an effect on society, a positive effect and they represent our country better than any team in the country in the world. It's to the point where a debate. It, I'm so weary of the debate because there is no debate, right? They they're playing right. their game. Their play says it all. There, you don't even need to justify why they deserve no. equal pay and and to be on the same playing field. No pun intended. As the men, their play says it all. And now they're chasing another world cup they'd be going back to back and I'm rooting for them because of how good they are you cannot take away their talent they're the best of the best in the world right and I'm rooting for them for that reason but I'm also rooting for them to see the change that they can make simply by just playing their game and being good at what they do yeah and if there's going to be one really women's team that's going to do it right now in the United States it's going to be them so Look forward to seeing what they're going to be able to do. I know they, they have a good uh, good competition coming up in, yes, in Sweden. Yes, that's a big one. So that, that'll that yeah. be a fun game. I think Sweden's undefeated yes, too, yes. right? I'm very, very excited yeah. as this shakes out. So we look forward to, to uh, watching some more World Cup. Hopefully you guys can check that out too this week. Let's go into our second three-pointer topic. And I can't believe this, but I looked on the calendar, Ella, and – Boom, the MLB All-Star break is right it's around the fast. corner. I'm like, where is the where has the mm-hmm. time gone? It's nuts. So I was on Twitter this weekend and there were I have a couple friends that are in Colorado and I kept seeing all these tweets and they were just tweet after tweet after the Rockies yes. and the Padres series going on this weekend, right? So I'm I'm like looking up all this stuff and it was so funny because I guess that like the amount of run scoring happening this season, I don't know if you have like looked into this, but it's insane. Okay. Well, I know like, how many runs were scored against the Phillies this weekend. I know that. <laughs> I might have, uh, I'm, I didn't mean to rub it in, but I do, I do enjoy the Braves. That's Travis's, my husband's team, and Dansby Swanson, a bandy guy, plays on it. So I do like the Braves, and I didn't mean to rub it in. And for a second, I forgot that Ella was a Phillies fan. But they like killed the Philly, like, and she was so into it. You were like live tweeting the game. And I was, 
I was I was on my way back from Columbus. I'm sitting in a on a seven hour drive home, scrolling like I'm gonna block her for the remainder of this thing. I know she was not she was not happy with me. I was I was totally into it though. There were some good things like storylines that came out of it. But anyways, getting back to the run scoring happening this season, it's insane. So this weekend there were 92 combined runs scored in the four game Rockies Padres series. Okay, to add that, are you kidding me? First of all, that's insane. So to add to this, so more runs will be scored per game than at any time since 2007 this oh year. God. That's what they're on pace to do in, in this in this league. On top of it, the record for league-wide home runs is going to be destroyed wow. as well. So my, yeah, my question I pose to you, Ella, because we have had the discussion about baseball and how it has declined. But I would feel like something like this would be good for the game in a way because it's more action and it's not one to nothing, two to nothing games. But what are your I thoughts? I definitely think it has to be good for the game in terms of that entertainment factor. Like you said that we've talked about multiple times on this podcast and even have asked certain baseball specific guests their thoughts on speeding up the game or making it a more entertaining atmosphere for fans due to kind of the decline in interest. So I definitely agree that it is good for the game. And you think about even the game of football, right? So many people view that as such an entertaining sport. No one would ever look at football and think it's boring, right? But the games that draw people in more right. are the games where there's a lot of high, you know, that are high scoring. You even think about that Monday night football game, the Rams and and the Chiefs. And it was just back and forth the whole game. They put up ridiculous amount of points, but people like that. Even though people may view football as more mm-hmm. fast-paced, which if you watch a football game in person, it's not. It's slow. And you, there's so many breaks in the game. No. Good Lord. But when you have two offenses that are going back and forth and putting up big points, it's entertaining to people and it draws them in. So I think that even transfers to maybe a slower game like baseball. People want to see hits. They want to see runs. They want to see home runs. That makes it entertaining for them, especially maybe to a fan base that they're fans because they love the city or they love the team. They're not necessarily fans because they love the game of baseball, right? Right. Yeah. No, and that's the thing. I I mean, I know that the more runs scored, the longer a game is. But at the same time, well, people were certainly tweeting about it Mm -hmm. and talking about it, right? So if anything, right. people are interested because it's, it's causing social right. media talk and that's what you want because that's the one thing that they aren't doing a lot of and getting a lot of people to do is, is to do that on social media. And then I wanted to say really quick, I thought it was funny because a few pod or a few episodes ago, Ellen and I gave mm-hmm. our like hottest teams at the point and guess what? <laughs> Those are two of the hottest teams still. So Ellen and I, brownie points, because the Yankees and the Twins are still going strong, strong, folks. After we just said this and brought it to everyone's attention, they're just going to tank, but that's okay. That's all right. We'll still, we'll find something else to brag about. Well, joining us for topic three, coming in for the assist, we welcome the host and reporter for Yahoo Sports, Amanda Borges. Amanda, thanks so much for coming on. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, I know the past few weeks have been a whirlwind for you covering the NBA Finals, but what a series you were able to be a part of. You were at Oracle Arena for the final game ever played there. Can you kind of paint the 
scene for us, what it was like saying goodbye to Oracle, even though the Raptors obviously were hoisting the trophy at the time. Yeah, it was crazy for me. I guess what I'll do for you guys is set the scene from my perspective. I've never covered the NBA finals before, and I've also never been to Oracle Arena. And I'm I'm kind of new to the Bay Area. Um, I moved here about nine months ago. So it was kind of cool that the first time I'm covering the NBA finals yeah. happens to be the last one at Oracle Arena and obviously a huge series between the Warriors and the Raptors. But I will say that It was so surreal being there, especially because the biggest topic of conversation the entire time that it didn't take away from the series, but it was sad that like the whole time we were just talking about Kevin Durant and when he could possibly return. And and it was so sad, but also kind of endearing to hear from his teammates just how much they care about him. So I will say as an outsider looking in and, and being around those guys, like both the Raptors and the Warriors were they are I should say such a great group of guys and like I said I had never covered the NBA finals before so I I hadn't had an up-close picture of who any of these players were before this series but I, I will say that Oracle is one of the loudest arenas that I've ever been in ever and it's cool because when you watch on TV you guys can probably speak to this as well. There there are certain things that you pick up on when you're watching a TV broadcast and then you go there and you're like, wow, this is way different than I thought it would be. Um, So Oracle has this like homey feel where it's way smaller than I thought it was. Okay. But it's actually cool because because of the way it's built and all the acoustics, like it's so loud, so, so loud. It's insane. But it was a really, really cool thing to be there for the last final three games at Oracle. That's great. You got to be a part of that. I I love that when there's something new. Um, Amanda, well, immediately following the Raptors' first ever championship uh, win in in franchise history, the NBA, of course, was off to the races making blockbuster trades. So Anthony Davis heading to the Lakers. Do you think he's the piece that LeBron needs to dominate the West or are they going to have to do a little bit more work? First of all, isn't it sad that the Raptors can't even get like a few days yes. right to celebrate? Yes. <laughs> like I feel so bad for them. And this is just the nature of the business, obviously. Right. But <laughs> first championship in franchise history, and already the Lakers were like, here, hold my beer. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um here's the thing. When LeBron first joined the Lakers, obviously, you know, he he went there to win a championship. Um, things didn't go exactly the way he planned um, in the beginning, but I think this piece is exactly what he needs to get that done. My only thing is, it's going to take a little bit of time. I, I don't know. I've heard that people are saying that they could win in 2020. I don't know that I see that right away. They had to give up a few pieces to get Anthony Davis, so I feel like it'll take a couple years, maybe even a few. Um, but what's crazy, I think, is that they can still do more in free agency. They've got to figure out their cap space, obviously, but they could get Kyrie Irving, um, maybe even Kemba Walker. Like There are some players that they could still get, and I think that would be crazy. Wouldn't that be weird to see Kyrie back with LeBron? I know. <laughs> that would be so weird. I know. But you know, I guess we, we kind of can expect that now, right? Like yeah. The NBA has just become this like like soap opera almost where you're like, are you kidding me? That's happening. And then you're right. like, Oh wait, it's the NBA. Of course that's happening. And yeah. I, I totally. like Ky- Kyrie and LeBron were like a dysfunctional relationship. They needed, time, they needed <laughs> time apart. Distance makes the heart grow fonder. And I think they would be the exactly to play together again. I think it'll be very, very interesting. 
Definitely. I've, I've been seeing some conversations of what LeBron and Anthony Davis could be together and like what kind of teammates they could be. And it's kind of funny that we spend so much time speculating when like, we don't know really what it's like, even though all three of us talk about sports all day, yeah, every right. day, like we don't even, we don't know what it's like to play on the court with someone day in and day out. And it takes time to form that chemistry. Like that's not going to happen from day one. Um, and we all know that this is LeBron's team. Right. Yeah. So, you know, what if there's a little bit of friction there for that, you know, that quest for star power? Like, we don't really know. Right. And I don't I don't want to put any negative energy out there already because it hasn't even happened yet. But you know what I mean? Like, we no. just, we don't know yet. Definitely. That's a good point. Well, another team that obviously there is a lot of speculation around is the Warriors. They obviously have many question marks between Katie's injury that has him out for the entire rest of next season and Clay Thompson's injury that his him has him out for deep into next season at least both of these players also entering free agency so maybe they won't even be with Golden State who knows as of right now but are we seeing do you think the end of a dynasty or will it be a down year for the Warriors and then they'll bounce back you know it's so funny when you when you say like is this the end of a dynasty it kind of feels that way but then um after the game after game 6 at Oracle um a, a few players were were asked a similar question and they they've been they were so confident this entire series even after losing three games at home like they never lost their confidence whether they put that on for the media or not um I just feel like they they don't think that and so much of of winning a championship or just being a winning team is general in general is just having that culture of being confident in each other and being the ultimate teammate and that's really what this warriors group preaches um but at the end of the day like you said we don't know what's going to happen with kevin durant we don't know what's going to happen with clay thompson um and even with their injuries, like we know, even if they stay with the Warriors, you know, they won't be able to right. play. Um, so it's kind of hard to assume that the Warriors can continue being as great as they've been without these guys. We saw how the Raptors were able to take advantage of them in the finals. So it, I guess we can kind of assume that that, that would just be done again next season. Um, but I don't know. It's hard to say. And it's kind of right. sad to say. I kind of I kind of feel for the Warriors, you know. I was I'm excited that that the Raptors won for the first time, but I feel for them. Like that's not an easy thing. That's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy mindset to give up sure. in terms sure. of winning. Well, talking about these trades and what's to come in NBA free agency, Kawhi's trade to Toronto leading to, obviously, eventual title, set somewhat of a precedence, I would say, in the NBA, or at least you thought it would. And then, you know, that's an organization that doesn't really need a super team, obviously, to win. They brought in one guy, basically, for one year to lead the team, control the game, and win a championship. Do you think other teams could possibly maybe give this type of model a try and see if something like this would work? I don't know. It is so wild to think that one guy, that's all it took, yeah. took one guy to come in and, and change the dynamic of a team and bring them to a championship. That is just wild. I mean, the one thing this reminds me of is kind of like the Sean McVay model in the NFL where like mm -hmm. everyone wants like the next mm -hmm. young offensive minded yeah. coach to bring them <laughs> to a Super Bowl. Yep. Um, so 
I don't know. Maybe maybe this was a freak thing. I'm not really sure. I will say that there will be pressure on Kawhi now, right? Like oh, yeah. whether he stays in Toronto or leaves, I just feel like there's there's a lot of pressure. And so then the conversation will be about that. Well, can he live up to the hype? He did it last year. Can he do it again? And every organization is different. You know, at the end of the day, it is, it is a team sport. So even though it, it did take that one guy to get them there, you know, he's got to have some pieces around him too. Well, after all this NBA talk, let's transition for a second and learn a little bit about your job because it is so cool what you do with Yahoo. You've covered major sporting events over the past nine months or so between the college football playoffs, Kendall Coyne Showfield as the first female to participate in an NHL all-star event, the final four, and then of course hosting daily live shows and interviewing some of the biggest names in sports. But during this, this time in this process, what has been the most memorable event to cover or experience that you've had with Yahoo? Um, well, now that you bring up all of those, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to pick. Um, but I would say my favorite has been covering the um, college football playoff. The national championship game um, yeah. was right in my new backyard at Levi's. And that that's just been a bucket list item for me. Um, I grew up in Florida. I went to Florida State. So I kind of got started in sports covering high school football and college football. And so because of that, college football has always just been my one true love, tried and true. And so getting to cover that and be on the sidelines um, and also watching Clemson beat Alabama was extremely (laughs) satisfying. Yes. (laughs) Um, But that there's honestly nothing like being at a national championship game, really any championship game. But to me, I just, I love the passion in college sports and that's why I love college football um, the most, but just being down on the field when the confetti is flying and tears are flowing on both sides, whether they're sad or excited. And there's just this raw energy there that cannot be replicated anywhere else. Have you guys covered a championship game before? Yeah, I, my first, this is a crazy story. So my first year in Columbus, Ohio, I came from Arizona and it was the first year it's when Braxton Miller got hurt at Ohio State. so they they thought like the everything was, was done. Mm-hmm. They lost. They they lost. Yeah, they lost. <laughs> <laughs> they lost to Vatek, I think. And then like that was the loss. Everyone was like, "Oh, great! This is not going to be a good year." I got there at the end of September, and we they went on to win a national championship. So I covered the first ever college football playoff. Wow! Uh, it, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. So it's insane. It's, it's really one of those experiences that you'll, you'll never forget ever. Yeah. It was insane. Ella was in school at that time too. So she, she got to experience it from that side of things as a fan. Pretty wild. You can't really, I don't think you'll ever experience anything like it again, especially as Kayla explained how that year went. It truly, everyone treated it like the sky was falling. I'll never forget when Braxton Miller, Braxton Miller got hurt, I was in the gym that night, and people were like getting off the machines. I mean, the the TV, yeah. Oh my I mean, god, freaking out, like throwing in the towel in the workout. Like everyone was done. Everyone gave up. And so, how that whole season unfolded. Obviously, Cardell Jones taking them all the way. That will go down as mm-hmm. one of the best memories ever. It was awesome. See, I've never been able to experience it as a fan. I graduated Florida State the oh, year before God. we oh. won the national championship. <laughs> so it's so exciting, but I was watching on a Monday night 
at home instead of being, you know, and obviously I still could have gone to the game, but yeah. I was a working woman out of college, so yeah. I couldn't go back for that, but <laughs> still just fun. That's a part of our business, I think, that sometimes people don't realize. Once you're off in the real world in this business, yeah, you're covering a lot of other cool things, other teams, but you don't really get to see your team a lot, you know? Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. There are some people that are lucky enough to cover their team afterwards, yeah. which I think is amazing. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like I have friends that will go back to Tallahassee for games on weekends and I'm like, life, sorry, right? I can't do that. <laughs> right. Exactly. I wanted to ask you really quick, one more question and just about college football in this upcoming season. What are you looking forward to? Cause there are obviously again, so many storylines already starting to build. Definitely. I'm so excited that we are getting closer to the season. Um, being a girl from Florida, I am very excited for the Miami-Florida game in Orlando. Um, it's just, it's a really fun thing when you have um, old rivals go up against each other, obviously. Yeah. Um, and these two teams haven't played since 2013. So obviously oh, wow. this game, you know, it won't have any bearing on conference championships, obviously. But it's just Sunshine State bragging rights. So oh, yeah. um, it's really exciting. And it's Manny Diaz's first season at Miami. Um, they have a quarterback battle going on. So and Florida was really good last year. They had 10 wins last season. So I think that because sometimes there are rivalries where they're awesome and they're fun to be a part of. But sometimes there's one team that just stinks. So it just doesn't make it fun. Right. And so this year, this year, I think it's going to be it's going to be a really fun game to watch. But aside from that game, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Oklahoma does this year. They were the Big 12 champs last year. They have not one, but two Heisman winning quarterbacks. And obviously they have Jalen Hurts coming in this year. So how crazy would that be if they had three consecutive Heismans? The pressure's on for Jalen Hurts. He's not a guy I would want to be in that position at all. (laughs) It's so crazy. I feel like we talk about pressure a lot, but a lot of these guys just live up to it. Like they just find a way to block it out. And I don't know how they do that, but it's wild and I think Lincoln Riley like he knows what he's doing with his quarterbacks and, oh yeah and and with his team I just think it's going to be really really interesting to see what they can do this season around excuse me a lot of Big Ten football it was funny when you talked about a rivalry when one side kind of stinks being an Ohio State grad I know all about that <laughs> but it's funny yeah. because when you live it people don't understand that um you know on that Saturday on Thanksgiving weekend, I want the team up north to walk into that game undefeated. You know, I want them to play Ohio State at their right. very best. It's no fun when they walk in, you know, two losses on the season. So fun fact, actually, I just remembered this. I actually toured the Ohio State athletic facility, I guess a couple years ago. I was working in hockey at the time. I worked for the New York Rangers and we were in Columbus for a game and we had a day off and one of our training staff had a connection. I forget how, but we we toured and it's so funny to see on the wall like they you don't see, sorry, I'm going to say no, this word, no, but no, you don't no. see Michigan anywhere. <laughs> like you just don't, you just don't see it. And it's just so funny because you hear about it, but then to see it there, like, oh, it's just like, if I said no that word, joke. they would have kicked People me out. Like it's just, I had taken um, Urban Meyer's football coaching class my senior year and it was held in the football facility. And the first day class, Urban Meyer came in for his opening remarks 
and said how the color blue is forbidden in this building. Like you're not allowed in this building wearing blue. So I just always played it safe and always just wore like an Ohio State sweatshirt and leggings to class because I was like, I don't want to get kicked out of this building. That's so funny that you say that because even I would say in college and then even like a few years after college, I only wore maroon. I would never put any sort of blue or orange in my wardrobe at all just because those are gator colors. And I, you know, I could never even fathom putting those colors on my body. And now I like, I think about it, but I I still like, I don't know. I just, there's something about it. And like, I I might own like two blue shirts total or something (laughs) like that color blue. It just sticks with you. Like it's just in your blood. Well, Amanda, it's been awesome having you on this was so much fun. I'm glad you could join us for people that want to follow along and follow all the wonderful things that you're doing in the sports world. Where can they follow you on Twitter and Instagram? Um, they can follow me on Twitter at a Borges TV. And then on Instagram, I am Miss Amanda Borges. Awesome. Amanda, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Amanda. Thank you, ladies. Appreciate it. What's up, Blue Wire listeners? This is Jack from the Real Underscore Sports Podcast, a Snapchat sports pod. We recently ranked as the number one sports podcast on all of iTunes, all of Apple. We cover all things from the NBA draft, from NBA free agency. We're working on MLB this summer, as well as the NFL offseason. Catch me and my co-host Abe on the Real Underscore Sports Podcast, a Snapchat sports pod, a part of the wonderful Blue Wire Podcast Network. Well, thanks again to Amanda coming on for the assist today. Let's go outside the lines now and let's start off with some big parades for the champions. And St. Louis and Toronto celebrated in style. St. Louis, of course, having their parade this last weekend, Toronto this week. 1.5 million people crowded the streets of Toronto celebrating the Raptors' first NBA title. And the Blues have their biggest showing in the city for a parade, even bigger than the last World Series won by the Cardinals. I say bravo. I'm so proud of those cities getting their first championships in those respected sports. And it just goes to show I that love people it. I love still it because care, right? I grew up in a city like Philly where parades were hard to come by, right? So when the Phillies won the first World Series in what felt like forever, I was in eighth grade and my dad wrote in a note and excused us from school that day and brought us downtown for the parade. And it will forever be one of my best memories ever. It was just so amazing and so much fun. And then obviously years later, when the Eagles won their first ever Super Bowl, I just, the energy and the people and all they cared about was the Eagles and this parade. I love it. I love to see other cities have this opportunity to celebrate as well. I feel for those cities for not having a championship in their city in forever or ever like Toronto, but I appreciate it. And I love that other people get to experience it as well. For me, Kayla, going outside the lines, while we're on the topic of the St. Louis Blues, we have to just talk about the greatest fan ever, Layla Anderson. If you are not familiar with her, to our listeners, you have to just Google her. She'll come up right away. She was the super fan with the St. Louis Blues this postseason specifically. She is suffering from 
a horrible, very rare disease. Um, so she's a very sick 11 year old girl, but she loves the St. Louis blues more than anything. I found myself crying at any moment. Every time they showed her after the blues won, watching her lift the Stanley cup and kiss the Stanley yeah. cup. And then I saw the videos from her participating in the parade Yeah, and they had her on stage and the way they included her. And oh, it's the great. players were so authentic and so genuine. It never felt like a forced situation or felt like they were just putting on this show that no. some people thought they were doing something good. I mean, I loved everything about it. She is incredible. She's incredible. I love it. Yeah, it just goes to show that, you know, it, it, this is bigger than the sport. And, and, a, and a championship for a city means more than just a championship for that team. I mean, it, it, it truly is for the city. It's for people like Layla, because those are the people who – you know, that's what makes them happy. That's what is helping them get through these difficult times in life. And so it, it was, it was a very genuine gesture, just how they were with her. And, and, you know, like you said, at the parade and everything, I think just how the blues were yeah, in terms yeah. of how they celebrated with their fans was incredible, you know, just getting in there and getting involved and not just standing on, on, on a, uh, you know, a parade bed they were down and getting you know shaking hands and really getting involved with their fans so yeah really cool story I think that is that is yeah. awesome and something that you never ever get sick of so just one more topic outside the lines and I just had to I had to after looking at headlines this week so after playing 10 NFL for 10 NFL teams mm -hmm. over 17 years, Josh McCowan, quarterback, of course, retires, announces his retirement. And yeah. uh, guess where he's going? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> can you just guess? Because every retired player goes here. He's going to ESPN to be one of the 50 million analysts <laughs> they have that have played football and now are on TV. Okay. I mean, I'm going to put this out here just because I am in the business of broadcasting and I was not a professional athlete, even though if I had a choice, I would have loved to have we been a professional athlete. Choice, I just didn't have the physical attributes while I do. Right. While I do have the mindset of an athlete, you and I both do. We didn't have that physical attribute. So it's, we don't get that like little extra help in our business. Like we can't put on our resumes that we played professional, you know, and it just, every time I see like a professional athlete, nothing against you, man. But my God, does that just mean you're automatically then on ESPN making another six figure salary? It's I crazy. mean, it just, it I bugs actually me. said this okay? recently to it someone. Bugs me. I said, obviously it's, tough being a woman in sports it's pretty obvious at this point but I, I also feel like it's tough being a man in sports if you weren't yeah. an athlete it truly is yeah that's what I mean in, in today's well, day and age I don't think well, this now, is an issue yeah. in the past I think now it's I think women in sports broadcasting and men who were not athletes they can go through similar things in the sense of the grind and the climbing the ladder and and things like that. Obviously, it's not all similar, but in that regard and trying to get to the top, I think is just as difficult. And I'm not saying anything against Josh McCowan because obviously he's played in the league a long time and he probably has good perspective on certain things. My whole point, though, is that ESPN specifically, you know, they went through that big layoff period and they laid off a ton of people, but then they continue to just hire people 
that really don't have, you know, the certifications. And so it just, it, that kind of thing just bugs me. Like obviously Jason Witten was a flop. Okay. Yeah. Jason. Right. But Jason Witten wasn't good, but it was because he was a former player and a, in a, in a name. And I'm not saying McCown's a name, but he's still a former player and they obviously hired him. So you just wonder, it's a head scratcher sometimes, I think. So that was like one of my WTF moments this, this week when I saw that. Um, Well, it's time for the final knockout round. We'll just wrap it up really quickly. Again, thank you so much to Amanda for coming on because her job's pretty legit. I mean, goodness gracious. That's what I'm talking about, though. There's so many cool opportunities out there, and it is good to see nothing against the men in this business, but it is good to see women kind of doing things like this where you're able to cover the big, big events on, you know, on a monthly basis. She's doing something new every single time. So that's awesome. And check us out too. Where can the folks go to give us a rate and review and where can they follow us on social media? Yes. So following on iTunes, please click that subscribe button. Leave us a rate or review. We'd love to hear from you on Instagram and Twitter at Press Pass Pod and our personal accounts at Ella Didge and at Kayla Anderson TV. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for tuning in this week and we will be back at it next week. And yeah, we hope that you'll join us. Have a great one.